Hi friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. So I have had a few people ask for more episodes with just me, which is very flattering. Thank you for that. So I thought um, I would talk today about something that I've had to learn in the last year. It's been very difficult for me and feels um, a little unnatural, to be honest, but it kind of has like saved me. I don't know. That's a little dramatic, but I needed to do this work this last year and I am 28 years old and have never done it. So I figured I would pass along what I have learned. Um, around last summer, last June or July, maybe May, I noticed that I was waking up almost every day feeling super, super anxious. Um, anxiety is something that I've kind of always dealt with, but never really this bad. I It had been a crazy year. We were planning a wedding. We got married in March. Um, we'd moved into a new home. It was a, a brand new home, a brand new build. Um, I was adjusting to being here in this town and being married and having a job that was so, so, so different from what I had done before. And so I think it was just all kind of building up, but I was like waking up feeling already anxious. And, um, when I feel anxious, I, I kind of get angry. I don't know. Anger is like my go-to emotion sometimes. Cool. Um, so not only was I feeling anxious, I was starting to get really irritable and really, um, moody a lot. And I was like, I cannot do this. I've always been pretty driven by my feelings. Um, I've always kind of trusted my feelings, trusted my gut. I know how I feel about something pretty quick. Um, and I think growing up, a lot of times I held on to my feelings for a really long time. Um, I don't know if it was like a badge of honor. I'm, I'm not sure. But, you know, I would be angry for a long I would just like stew. Um, and so I think I've always been very feelings driven And as an adult, that doesn't, it's not real cute. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not cute when you're a kid or a teenager, but as an adult, you have, oh, Blue, am I boring you? As an adult, you have a husband or a wife. You have kids sometimes. You have a life. You have colleagues. You know, you can't, you can't just go stew in a corner for days. So I was like, okay, I'm tired of feeling anxious all the time. I'm tired of it being like causing me to be irritable. I'm tired of being moody. I'm tired of being snippy, but mostly like I would, I'm serious. I would wake up and just feel it in my stomach. I would almost cry, just nervous about the day. And I didn't want to do that anymore. So I made a decision that I had to change something. Now I want to say that I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. So I think A lot of times people say things and they don't, like I, people will say, well, you just needed to make a decision to do something different. And sometimes I hear that and I'm like, okay, cool. If it were that easy, I would have already done it, homegirl. But, so I don't want what I'm saying to sound like that, although it might, because unfortunately I think a lot of those people are right. Their presentations may not always be very um, helpful It's not always helpful to just say, well, just to do something different. Like, okay, cool. But in reality, do you hear her snoring right now? Do you hear my dog snoring? So even though it is sometimes frustrating to hear people say, 
you know what? You just need to be happy. That's kind of it. I'm not going to say that today, but what I am going to say is we all have the decision to be happy or not. And sometimes that takes redefining happiness. Sometimes that takes changing our expectations or getting rid of them altogether. Um, It's hard work. You know, I think it sounds like, oh, okay, cool. I'll change my mood like I change my clothes. It's not like that, but it is within your control. So I knew that I was tired of being anxious, I was tired of being irritable, and that I had to make a decision. I had to, I had to do something different. So I began to actively look at what I was so anxious at. So there's this incredible book called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's taking me like 100 years to get through it because it is so dense. But it talks about neuropathways and how our bodies register things, um, trauma or whatever it is, Our bodies register things that our conscious minds don't always register. You can create neuropathways in your brain by the habits that you do, by the things that you think. Your brain chemistry literally changes. So when we decide to be anxious over and over, day after day, we give in to that, we succumb to that, we create neuropathways of anxiety. So when you come to a decision or when you come to a day or a person or a situation, Your brain is so used to going down that pathway that it automatically chooses that path. And as a therapist and as a person, I had to learn, and I teach my clients how to learn, to stop and choose a different path. Now, if you think about a field of grass, a really tall field of grass, you know, if you walk down a certain side of that field over and over and over, the grass will eventually lay down and the grass will die. Because you have walked that path so much. Imagine that. That's your brain, so to speak. So when you walked on a path so many times, the grass eventually dies because you have created a path. So when you look at this field and you look at the path that's already been created, clearly you're going to want to go down that path. Because to create your own path on a tall field of grass, there could be snakes, there could be mice, there could be all sorts of things, right? And this is what our brain does. This is what our body does when we try to do something different. It feels very unnatural, it feels very uncomfortable, and honestly, it can create even more anxiety at the thought of trying to do a new path. However, I had to decide if it was worth it to live in constant anxiety to choose the comfortable path versus the anxiety that would come with choosing a new path. At some point in life, everybody has to make a decision. Am I gonna choose to continue down the path I have always known Because it's comfortable. And by comfortable, I mean it's what we know. Or am I going to choose the discomfort of a new path, meaning that I can change my life, literally change my life and the lives of those around me? Now, it's not like a pressure thing. I'm not saying that as like a shaming technique. But but honestly, like the decision is yours. The decision is yours to decide, am I going to keep going down this path that I know or am I going to try to choose something different? So for me, I wanted something different. I didn't know how to do it, but I was going to try. So every day I would wake up and I would really just try to breathe. And honestly, I think I mentioned this earlier, I had to take a really good hard look at what it is that I felt anxious about. For me, a lot of times I was in a bunch of different schools seeing different kids at that time. Um, I would go into a school and I would pull a kid from class and visit with them for a while and then pull a different kid. And 
I don't honestly know why that caused so much anxiety for me. I don't know what, I don't know why that created such angst within me. I don't know if it was having to deal with the fact that schools are very inconsistent and some days they have pep rallies and some days they have plays and so you may not get to pull your kid and then what are you going to do about your hours? I mean, I think there were a lot of things, but I had to kind of walk myself through the process of my day. Okay, I'm going to go to this school today. And I'm going to walk in and I'm going to say hi to the secretary and I'm going to ask for this kid and they're going to pull this kid. You know, it's very, it can be very monotonous and a little like, um, I don't know, tedious, but I think visualizing success will get you far. If you can visualize yourself, if you can walk through the process of what your day will be like, not in an attempt to control because the reality is, even if I visualize it going successfully, it still might not. And it, I might have to go to a different school, right? The point is not what you literally visualize. The point is going through the process of seeing things going well for you. So I would sit down. I would take some time to do that. Um, sometimes I work through this visualization with my clients. I talk about how if we see a bunch of rocks in front of us, like big rocks, big or small, we imagine that underneath the rocks, there's all sorts of creepy crawlies, right? There's spiders, there could be snakes, depending on the size of the rock, there could be all sorts of scary things. It's dark under there, we, we can't see it, therefore we don't know what it will be, and we assume it's something negative. We do this with our own lives, we do this with our own emotions, our own situations, our own people. And I have found in my experience working with people and in my own life, that the the thoughts about what's under the rock is often scarier than what's legitimately under the rock. Does that make sense? So my anticipation of something negative under the rock, the metaphorical rock, if you're following me, my anticipation of what's under the metaphorical rock is often worse than what's actually under there. My anticipation of my day has always been worse than my actual day. Even if I have a bad day, it has never been more than something I can handle. Never. And that's another thing I remind myself to handle my anxiety. Anything that I have, anything that I have come to in the last year, even on my most anxious days, has never been more than I can handle. So that's another thing that I do to help bring myself down off the ledge, so to speak. And honestly, I think the biggest ally you have is positive self-talk throughout this whole process. I distinctly remember um, one, of the co- one of my colleagues went on maternity leave earlier in the fall, and I was needing to cover for her while she was out for about eight weeks. And um, she works in a school district that she is also their main emergency screener. So if there's a crisis in any school, meaning I think there are four elementary schools, one middle school, one junior high, one high school. So if there's an emergency, if there's a suicidal threat, if there's any self-harm going on in any campus, she's responsible to handle it, which meant I was responsible to handle it. And that caused a lot of anxiety for me. I felt very nervous about my ability to make a very snap decision on a client that I had never worked with. These were kids that I didn't know, I'd never seen before, I didn't know their histories, I didn't know their families, I didn't know their backgrounds. And I was expected to make a very quick decision on whether or not they were legitimately suicidal. And with kids, it's sometimes very hard to determine. Um, I've had kids who did not mean it at all. They just were mad. Um, And then I've had kids that had multiple plans. So that 
caused a lot, a lot of anxiety for me, mostly because I was nervous about my ability to perform in that situation. And I remember being called to my very first crisis. I think it was like the day that I covered for her, the first day I started covering for her. And I literally talked out loud to myself on the way to the elementary school. It was an elementary school. I talked out loud to myself on the way, telling myself that I was a good clinician. I was capable. I was strong. I could do it. I wasn't saying things like, you're the best. You're going to handle this awesome. You're going to be, you already know everything you're supposed to do. It's not like that because that's not actually real. That's not actually true. But instead, I was affirming things that were true, that are true. I know them to be true. I'm not saying them out of a false place. I am a good clinician. I can handle things well. I have been in stressful situations before. I care about my kids. Things like that as a reminder. Now, in the moment, it may feel like I don't feel any different, right? My heart was still racing. My stomach still felt butterfly-y, you know? I still was nervous about my ability to handle it. But the positive affirmations that I spoke over myself on the way helped put me in a better place than if I had just succumbed to the anxiety that I felt. I know this can feel a little frou-frou, and honestly, it is like the hardest work ever to get my clients to actually do this kind of stuff because it feels very... Um, I don't know. I don't want to assume how it feels to you. But to me, when I hear these things, sometimes I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. But the cold hard truth is that in order to change habits, in order to change how you feel, in order to change neural pathways, you have to do it. You will not stop feeling something by just deciding, I don't want to feel that way anymore. You have to take an action step. You have to do something different. And just the thought that you want to do something different is a step. But it can't stop there or else it will stop there. So you have to decide to do something and then you have to do that same thing over and over and over. I decided about a year ago I didn't want to be anxious anymore. And I still have to decide that every day. Because anxiety is not bad. Anxiety is not the enemy. But it can be paralyzing. And so in order to continue to live our lives and do our jobs, we have to learn how to cope through it, work through it. You don't want to get rid of it because anxiety indicates that you might be in danger. There might be something going on. You might need to be hypervigilant. You might need to protect yourself. Anxiety is not bad. But the anxiety that prevents us from living our lives or living in fear is not helpful. And that's the anxiety that I'm talking about. I've also utilized this technique when my husband was out of town. Um, I'm thinking of a time he went out of town on a convention in Nashville and I was here with the dogs and everything. And um, that was hard for me because I can be a scaredy cat even though we live in a safe neighborhood. And you know, well at that time we only had one dog, but um, I knew that Blaze would bark and protect me and all the things and you know, but I still, when it, when it turned nighttime, Things that have never been scary a day in their lives started to become scary. Little noises, little things, little shadows, you know, the air kicking on, things like that. It all became very, very scary for me. And this is another time that I practiced this type of discipline. I decided that I didn't want to be scared. And I told myself, you don't have to be scared. You really do not have to be scared. This is a choice that your brain is making and you do not have to do this. Now, again, I want to point out, it doesn't mean that you won't still be scared. 
But I think the power goes back in your hands when you stop and decide that you don't want to, to just give in to whatever your, your brain and your body is doing. Your brain is here to protect you, but sometimes our brains um, get mixed signals. And a little noise with the heat or the air kicking on is not something to be scared about. And so again, I remind myself I don't have to be scared. I remind myself I don't have to be anxious. I face it head on. Okay, that was the air. I know that that's the heater. I do not have to be scared. I ask myself to look under all the metaphorical rocks and I practice breathing because usually when I'm scared, my heart starts racing. So I need to practice breathing and calming down. So those are all the rituals that I do when I'm feeling anxious or scared. Um, sometimes this can be true for anger. Anger is a little bit harder for me um, because anger is kind of my go-to emotion. <laughs> Um, I'm working on it. That was actually my goal for this year is to bounce back quicker when I'm angry because when I'm angry, then I just kind of stew. I'm not a, I'm not like an out, outwardly angry person. I don't become aggressive or volatile or I don't yell. I actually turtle in so I can just kind of shut down and stew for a while. And so I'm working on talking myself out of that anger quicker than I have before. But I think it can still work for anger. It's just something that I'm still cultivating. I think sadness can work for sadness as well, but the main things that I have found it to be helpful for are anxiety and fear. I am 100% still on this journey, but it has been radical for me to have the power to change my mind. And everybody has this power. I promise you, I have seen it. I work with clients literally every day. This is what I teach. This is what I see. This is what I encourage. And I've seen people do it all, 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 all the time. But the problem is while we have the power to change, it is very, very hard because creating a new neural pathway in your brain requires extreme amounts of work and it requires discipline and it requires time. And so a lot of people don't do it because it's hard, number one, but also because it doesn't happen quickly. Because your brain is so used to choosing the, the path it knows that to choose a different path feels very uncomfortable. And so I've seen this work. I've seen it work in my own life. I've seen it work in my clients. But it, it matters. You have to do it. So I don't know. I guess I just feel like I wanted to share it because it took me so, so long to understand that I could change things and I had the power to decide how I feel about stuff. I mean, that's amazing. That's that's huge. We don't all have to be driven by our emotions all the time. I think we live in a world where so many people say things and do things um, straight out of their emotions and there's no discipline, there's no self-control, there's no thinking about it. It's all just kind of, you know, from head to, to mouth. And I think understanding that we have the power to discipline our minds is such a huge deal. So I hope this helps. I hope this is something that you will try um, or maybe tell your friends to try or whatever. And if you do, or if you have something that you want to ask or um, anything you're curious about, please let me know. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. And like I said, I haven't even finished that one book, The Body Keeps the Score. <laughs> um, but I am a trained therapist and I do work with this, so I've seen it. So anyway, if you have any questions or thoughts or curiosities, please let me know at Be Nourished Podcast on Instagram. Thank you.